Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. Today is Monday, March 2nd, 2020. On this day in 1995, 28-year-old derivatives trader Nick Leeson was arrested for defrauding his superiors at Barings Bank and for cheating the Singapore Exchange. He would subsequently be remembered as the man who single-handedly caused the collapse of one of the oldest merchant banks in the United Kingdom. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Today we're covering the arrest of Nick Leeson, a futures trader at the Singapore office of Barings Bank. From 1992 to 1995, he engaged in increasingly risky, unauthorized speculative trading with the bank's money and hid millions of pounds of losses. His lies finally caught up to him in the early morning hours of March 2nd, 1995. Nick Leeson sat hunched in the corner of the cramped airplane seat, staring at the Tom Clancy novel he'd picked up in Kota Kinabalu. He hadn't made much progress and kept catching himself reading the same passages over and over. His back and arm were stiff, but he couldn't move without waking his wife, Lisa, who was curled against him. Out the window, the Frankfurt skyline loomed in the gray dawn. It looked grim, cold, and uninviting. Nick pulled the thin blanket tighter around himself. Germany in the winter. He probably shouldn't have worn shorts. Part of him, he realized, hadn't expected to make it this far. For the past three years, Nick Leeson had served as the general manager of Barings Bank Singapore office. He spent his days down in the pit, buying and selling contracts on the Singapore Monetary Exchange. It was a timing game. If the bank's clients could buy low and sell high, both the client and the bank stood to make a lot of money. It was fast-paced, stressful work. But Nick had done very well. His tiny office reported profits of millions of pounds a year, earning him a reputation as a financial genius and the nickname King of the Exchange. The higher-ups at Barings struggled to wrap their minds around the strategies he employed to become so successful. All they knew was he was making money, and they wanted the rest of their traders to follow suit. But Nick had a secret. He wasn't just buying and selling for Barings clients, he was gambling on the market with the bank's own money. When he won, he reported huge profits. When he didn't, he hid the losses in a secret account, hoping that he'd be able to make it up in his next gamble. But Nick's losses had gotten worse and worse and worse to the tune of 10, then 20, 
then 50 million pounds lost. He couldn't stop. He doubled down, requested more and more money from London, forged documents to back up his stories about imaginary clients, made bigger and riskier trades. All he needed was one big win to turn it all around, to turn his hidden losses into real profits. They'd all go home happy with fat end-of-year bonuses. He'd be the hero again. Lisa would never have to know how much he'd risked. Of course, it hadn't quite worked out like that. The airplane cabin lights flickered on, followed by the loudspeaker. The captain announced that they'd be landing shortly. Lisa stirred. This was it. They descended the ramp in the middle of a crush of passengers. A police officer was waiting for them on the tarmac. He took Lisa's passport, then Nick's, and then directed them to step aside from the group. Suddenly, they were in the midst of flashing lights. Reporters pressed in, shouting rapid-fire questions in German and English. The din should have been maddening, but according to Nick Leeson, for one brief moment, he was home on the trading floor. Tellers running to and fro, waving their arms madly, shouting barely intelligible numbers at the top of their lungs. The world where he'd spent the last three years had been a whirlwind of noise and bright colors where everything could change in the blink of an eye. But the world where he was headed was quiet, gray, and lonely, where he would have all the time in the world to do nothing and only his thoughts as company. Coming up, we'll discuss the mismanagement that made Nick Leeson's crimes possible and the consequences he faced. Welcome back to Collector's Closet, presented by the Ohio Lottery. Let's discuss my newest prize possession, this new $10 scratch-off, the $500,000 Platinum Jackpot. The best method I've found so far to help it hold its value is to vacuum seal it. This thing cannot get scratched. What's that? Sorry, my producer's telling me the only way it could be worth up to 500 grand is if I do scratch it? Okay, well, in that case, definitely don't overprotect your $500,000 Platinum Jackpot scratch-offs. Play them. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. Now back to the story. On March 2nd, 1995, Nick Leeson landed in Frankfurt, Germany, and was immediately arrested. Authorities in Singapore had been searching for him since February 23rd, when he abruptly disappeared from work, leaving behind a note that said simply, I'm sorry. Baring's bank executives spent the next few days coming to grips with what had happened. Their prized trader had been sitting on a mountain of hidden losses. To make matters worse, the bank had been so convinced that Leeson was their golden goose, they'd spent the last few months bending over backwards to get him the cash flow he'd requested. In the process, they'd taken out loans well beyond their capital. Barings was going bankrupt. Within the month, it would be sold off for the grand sum of one pound. The financial world was stunned. Banks had collapsed due to poor risk management before, but Barings was a British institution. It had financed the Louisiana Purchase of 1803. Her Majesty the Queen held an account there. 
From the moment he started in 1989, Nick Leeson didn't exactly fit in with the posh aristocratic executives who ran Barings. He was a 22-year-old working-class kid, the son of a plasterer. He didn't have a college education or any real experience to speak of. Nevertheless, Leeson was likable and a hard worker. He quickly impressed his bosses. In 1992, he was sent to the Far East to head up the company's Singapore trading office. It was a small operation with virtually no oversight. Nick managed both the back office and the team of young, inexperienced traders who worked the floor. He would get calls from clients and let them know the prices available in the market at that moment. If they wanted to buy or sell, he relayed the decision to his team on the floor via a complicated system of hand gestures and shouting at the top of his lungs. It was a system that invited human error. Mistakes were common. Traders might sell the wrong number of contracts or buy when they meant to sell. According to Nick Leeson, that was how it all began. One of his staff made a mistake that should have gotten them fired. Nick declined to report the mistake to London and hid the loss in an error account until fluctuations in the market allowed him to make the money back. In the coming months, Leeson would get in the habit of dumping mistakes and losses into this account, account 88888, named for the Chinese lucky number. This allowed him to avoid accountability for mistakes and made it look like he was making more profits than he was. At the end of 1992, Leeson's branch reported a profit of 10 million pounds, which accounted for approximately 10% of the bank's global business. In reality, he had lost 2 million, but no one knew that. Nick Leeson became a star. At the end of 1992, Barings rewarded him with a massive bonus. But the losses continued to grow, and Leeson knew he would need some way to make up for them. He began making aggressive and risky bets on the future of the Nikkei, the Tokyo Stock Exchange. When these bets didn't pay out, he requested even more funds from London. By the end of 1994, he had lost the company 208 million pounds, none of which had been reported. Today, the idea that a trader could conduct this level of fraudulent activity under his employer's noses may seem baffling. Some Barings Bank executives would later express their belief that Nick Leeson was a master deceiver, a con man who pulled the wool over their eyes. But Leeson's version of events paints these same executives in a far more damning light. He saw them as idiots who did not understand their own business and were incapable of enforcing even the barest level of oversight. When they did eventually audit his department, they failed to complete the most basic checks to verify that the profits he was reporting were legitimate. Any worries about how much money he was requesting were excused by the profits he reported. It was almost like they didn't want to know the truth. In any case, the situation was unsustainable. It was only a matter of time before something brought Nick Leeson's house of cards crashing down. 
On January 17, 1995, a massive earthquake struck the city of Kobe in southern Japan, causing widespread damage and loss of life. The event threw the Japanese stock exchange into a tailspin overnight. It was the worst possible scenario for Leeson, who was invested heavily in the Nikkei. But he was in too deep to come clean. He made wilder bets than ever, hoping that the market would suddenly rebound. Instead, it fell right through the floor. Nick knew he was finished. On February 23rd, he left work, picked up his wife Lisa, and headed to a secluded resort in Malaysia. From newspapers, he gleaned that Bearings was going under, and Nick had been designated a rogue trader. Lisa knew that he would be found eventually. After about a week, he and Lisa made a run for it. They have expected to be stopped at the Singapore airport, but made it through customs without hiccups. They even survived an eight-hour layover in Brunei, with the television screens blaring Nick's name and face every few minutes. But by the time they arrived in Frankfurt on the morning of March 2nd, Nick's luck had run dry. Leeson's lawyers fought for him to be prosecuted by London courts, but were unsuccessful. He was extradited back to Singapore and in December of 1995, pled guilty to deceiving Baring's auditors and cheating the Singapore exchange. He was sentenced to six and a half years to be served in the Tanamera Maximum Security Prison. While in prison, he wrote a book about his time working for Baring's titled Rogue Trader. The film adaptation starring Ewan McGregor was released in the summer of 1999, mere days before Leeson left prison. By this point, his wife had divorced him. Today, Nick Leeson lives in Ireland with his second wife. He regularly appears as a keynote speaker and consults on risk management. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. For more stories about the schemes of criminals like Leeson, check out the ParCast original, Con Artists. Today in True Crime is a ParCast original. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals like Today in True Crime, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. At ParCast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Andy Waits, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Aaron Larson. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Andrew Kelleher, with writing assistance by Nora Battelle. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Today in True Crime.